Elon Musk just dropped a massive bombshell on the entire world. Twitter, it is confirmed, has interfered in elections. We're going to get into that as well as the death of former CCP chairman Jiang Zemin. What does it mean? Will the protesters use this as a pretext to organize in full view in Tiananmen Square? We're going to get into all of it with our co-host today, Jim Hansen, a former Green Beret and the author of the new book, Get Based. But first, folks, your presence is required. What do I mean by that? Your presence is required at America Fest. This is the meeting of the minds, the summit for the plan for America 2024. Make sure that you have a plan. Make sure that you make your way to Phoenix, Arizona, this 17th to the 20th, where you will see myself, Steve Bannon, Tucker Carlson, Charlie Kirk. We are all meeting together because this is the most important moment possibly of our lives when it comes to America standing on the precipice. You need to be there. Amfest.com, promo code POSO, secure your tickets. Let's get into it. I wanted to share some reflections on what we saw during the U.S. presidential election. We focused on addressing attempts to undermine civic integrity, providing informative context, and product changes to encourage greater conversation. We updated our civic integrity policy to address misleading or disputed information that undermines confidence in the election, causes voter intimidation or suppression or confusion about how to vote, or misrepresents affiliation or election outcomes. More than a year ago, the public asked us to offer additional context to help make potentially misleading information more apparent. We did exactly that, applying labels to over 300,000 tweets from October 27th to November 11th, which represented about 2.2% of all US election related tweets. We also changed how our product works in order to help increase context and encourage more thoughtful consideration before tweets are shared broadly. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily powered by Turning Point USA. Today is November 30th, 2022, Anno Domini. Today's top story, we've got to get into it. Elon Musk has announced publicly and stated publicly that Twitter as a company and as a communications platform unequivocally interfered in elections. Now, for some of us, we could say, well, yeah, no surprise. right? <laughs> yeah, we know. Right. And yeah, we know. But here's the thing, folks. There's what you know and there's what you can prove in court. And there's a big difference between the two because we all know, right? We know intuitively and we know demonstrably that Twitter interfered in elections for their preferred candidates. But Elon Musk, he went a step further. He didn't just buy a company, a big tech firm. He purchased a crime scene. He purchased evidence. And these people never thought for a second that their internal communications, that their internal decisions would be in the hands of someone who would provide them oversight, transparency, and scrutiny, or maybe someone who just wasn't as woke as they are. Someone who could come forward and tell the entire world about what they had done. We were never supposed to know. So, 
To help me break down all of today's stories, we've got a great guest for you today. We have former Green Beret and the author of the new book, Get Based, Jim Hansen joining us. Jim, thank you so much for coming on today. And I've got to get your take, man. Uh, Elon Musk, he's just admitting it. He's just coming right out and telling us. Well, I mean, after we saw that homeless monk at the beginning of the show explaining all the lies they didn't do, it's good to hear Elon saying not just transparently or transparency and accountability, but responsibility. And I think there's going to yes. be some because they they did. They interfered with an election successfully. They suppressed a story damaging to Joe Biden. And, and they did so knowingly because they didn't think they were going to face that scrutiny. And it's going to be a lot of fun to give it to them. Well, and, and let me ask you that, because, you know, we're, we're both in D.C., we're tied in. Do you think this is something then that comes up before the, ne- the new Congress going into next year? Oh, we have been talking with the House Oversight Committee and members of the Senate about providing them with information. Um, my company, WorldStrat, did an analysis of the censorship and disinformation campaign about Hunter's laptop. And we spread it out. We use the same kind of of AI software that we use to track criminals and terrorist groups. And we map this and we're going to provide that to them. And they are going to use that and the evidence they get um, from Twitter and Elon and also from just regular discovery. And it's going to be painful for the woke mob. So this is incredible. So we're we're, we're talking about finally, by the way, peeling back the layers on what's actually been going on in our country, because I think people understand that uh, our elections, our system, we feel like there's something wrong, that something changed at the rugs and pulled out on, from under our feet, whether it be the way we hold our elections to the way we communicate to the way we share information. You know, I remember back in 2016, the idea, even the idea of someone being banned on Twitter was it just sounded strange. What did you do? Did you post someone's, you know, you know, private info? Did you threaten somebody? Did you commit a crime? I mean, that was pretty it, it was this craziest thing. Today you wake up and you're like, oh, look who got banned today. So it's it's they never really thought this would happen, did they? No, and and the left's not used to facing scrutiny. That's the advantage we have. They've been operating with the idea that because they control all of the institutions and organs of information, that no one was going to be able to do this to them. Well, now that we are getting a chance to dig inside a little bit, all of their machinations are going to be visible. And it's not a pretty picture. You know, there is no way for an American right now to ask a question online and get an answer that has not been filtered through a woke uh, agenda. And I'm sorry, that's not acceptable. And we're going to set out to change it. We've been working on it for a while. Well, and and what's amazing to me is that this idea that and, and Google's out there, by the way, saying that they're, you know, they haven't gone through this process like Twitter. The, and they're saying we're going to go on offense against misinformation. The, the whole idea of fact checking in general, when it comes to online speech, it, to me, it has always said this is a backdoor. This is a backdoor way to attain censorship and implement censorship throughout the country, because what you're doing is if you determine what's true and what's false, who are you? (laughs) Right. Where is it? Where is it said anywhere under the First Amendment? And by the way, I love this, this, this misnomer. And I'll give you the last word before we go to our commercial break that, uh, you know, free speech should only apply to the excuse me, excuse me. No, free speech is something that we hold as a right. And if that's being infringed by any entity, then we have the ability to push back. Jim Hanson, last word. 
Hundred percent. I think anytime you hear fact check or stopping misinformation, just substitute in the words thought police and you'll understand what's going on. They want to ensure that we only have the information that leads us to the conclusions they want, not the fairness and, and free speech to hear everything and make our own decisions. And that's unacceptable. Couldn't agree more. Now, folks. A new report recently came out that American household net income dropped by over $6 trillion just in the second quarter this year. That is the most on record. We already know that the administration is doing everything in their power to keep you in the dark until after this year, which begs the question, what's going to happen when there's no incentive for them to hold back? That's why so many of you have taken my advice and protected your financial future with gold and silver from my friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold can help you protect your IRA or 401k with physical gold and silver, or if you prefer, have it delivered securely right to your front door. Allegiance Gold has some of the highest ratings in the industry, five stars with Trustling, AAA rated with the Business Consumer Alliance, and an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau. Go to, we've set up the web portal on this protectwithposo.com. Protectwithposo.com, you'll get your best offer yet up to $2,500 of free gold or silver on a qualifying purchase. When you tell them that Poso sent you or give them a call, 844-790-9191. We cannot control the Biden administration, but we can prepare for the consequences of their policies. Protectwithposo.com, that's protectwithposo.com. Former Chinese President Jiang Zemin died on Wednesday at the age of 96, state media reported. He died of leukemia and multiple organ failure in his home city of Shanghai. The former president was plugged from obscurity to head China's ruling Communist Party after the bloody Tiananmen crackdown on pro-democracy protesters in 1989. But he broke the country out of its subsequent diplomatic isolation, mending fences with the United States and overseeing an unprecedented economic boom. You know, it's amazing seeing Jiang Zemin there with George W. Bush in that clip because the it, it was really their predecessors that set up the whole situation that we have now. So Jiang Zemin, former Chinese party chairman, CCP chairman, has died, 96 years old. The old toad, as he's, he was known, one of the biggest rivals for Xi Jinping. And so for folks out there thinking, oh, maybe this was one of the good guys, we should rally behind him and rally behind his legacy. No, 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 no. This is the guy who read, led the crackdowns on following Gong. This was the guy who was cracking down in Shanghai immediately before the Tiananmen massacre. And he was handpicked by Deng Xiaoping as his successor. There's a story I told on War Room this morning that... Deng Xiaoping, right as he was dying, he said, Jiang Zemin, he said, Jiang Zemin is next, Hu Jintao afterwards. And so it's Xi Jinping who was not in the line of succession. He had not been handpicked. He's the first one not handpicked by Deng. And so the situation, though, was that after the Tiananmen Square massacre, you could have knocked the CCP over with a feather. We could have isolated them like we did after with Russia and this Ukraine invasion. We could have sanctioned them. We could have knocked them out. Done. They'd be done. But instead, that's not what happened. As I told you, George H.W. Bush sent his national security advisor, General Scowcroft, over, and they made a deal. They made a deal with the CCP while the blood was still fresh on the cobblestones of Tiananmen, of those students, to say, you're going to be the global manufacturing hub. We're going to provide the Western financial capital. We're going to provide the IP, the intellectual property, and we're all going to get rich together. And then Jiang Zemin was a huge part of this. But here's the precarious position that it, that it puts Xi Jinping in. Because it was the death of a former CCP chairman 
that was the precursor to the Tiananmen Square protests, so people don't know this, because that was used as the cover for people to gather publicly in Tiananmen Square in the first place. And they thought maybe a couple of thousand people would show up. A million people showed up and they stayed there for seven weeks until the tanks rolled, putting up the guy, they called it the goddess of freedom. It's basically Lady Liberty. So the question is for Xi Jinping, does he allow a public memorial of Jiang Zemin, one of his greatest rivals? And do the people then rise up the way they did in 1989 when they know the stakes. Jim, I, I want to bring you in because when we talk about this, this deal that was made back in the 1980s, I mean, the, really, this is what brings China into the WTO. It's what brings them into the world system. And you've got so many companies from Apple to Disney and others that we need to understand, right? We, we've got our big screen TVs. Our, our TVs have gotten bigger as our freedoms have gotten smaller and the way their freedoms have gotten smaller. Uh, and our iPads under the, the Christmas tree and the, and the iPhone tablets and everything else, et cetera, that it's because of the slaves in Foxconn and the whip being cracked. So the question I guess I have is, what do we do to break up this relationship? Can Americans say, you know what? We don't need the big screen TVs and the cheap technology anymore. We're willing to pay a little bit more if it means taking down the CCP. Do you think we're there yet? I think we have to be there. COVID showed us one thing. We cannot rely on an enemy to produce things we need to stay alive. And that was medical supplies and medicine. So those are those are vital things that we outsourced to them. And between their control of the ports and their control of shipping, they can make sure that we get or do not get whatever they decide. Now, when you get to the luxury items, you know, the TVs and the stuff like that, we need a sustainable model. And that means we need to start building some more things in America. And like you said, be willing to pay more for them because of that. I, I don't buy anything right now unless the first thing I check is to see if it's made in China. And if I can find an alternative that's made anywhere else, I'll buy it. And I think we all have to look at that. And American business has to retool and start looking at a tech revival where we become something more than than just an information economy. Well, I, I think that's amazing. And so the, the question that I guess becomes, you know, conservatives, right? And this this is this is language that I don't feel like conservatives are used to because you know, we're supposed to be, we're the free marketers, we're the, you know, the, the, the Friedrich Hayek's, the Austrian school, et cetera, that we want, right? We want, uh, we want business, we want innovation, we want entrepreneurial spirit, we want Elon Musk's, right? That's, that's the goal. But the problem, I guess, becomes when you have these companies that are in bed with communists, that you have a system like this that is gutted our rust belt. It's gutted our South. It's gutted our country where, you know, we're all, they're all shipping us into these, these, they want us living in shipping containers, you know, and they want us living <laughs> like the people of China. So is legislation, right? Is legislation something, or even antitrust litigation, maybe something that conservatives are ready to start looking at when it comes to breaking this up? We have to using every tool available in an existential crisis, which we're in for many things. You know, we are in very deep trouble as a republic and an economy that can actually lead us into the future is vital to do that. Now, a better way to do that is shaming the corporate boards the same way the left has so successfully used ESG funds, you know, and, and all of the woke uh, pressure 
to force these corporations to cave to their desires. We need to remind them that we on the right are at least 50% of their customers. And we're not cool with Chinese slave labor and relying on communists to build the, the things we need for our lives and start pushing them from there. And if need be, bring the government hammer down because every tool is, uh, is a vital thing in this fight. No, I think that's right. And, and and I don't think, by the way, that it's a it's a betrayal, right, of, of free market principles. No, I, I'm for the market, but I'm also for America first. Right. And that's you know, there, there does come a time where you have to put one over the other. And if you don't have a country, if you look at countries as just potential markets, then you get the situation that we find ourselves in today. And I think that has been the biggest issue for, you know, low these 30 years that we kept deluding ourselves that, oh, China is about to become democratic China's about to become free. No, they're not. In fact, if anything, we're the ones becoming more authoritarian. Jim Hansen, last, last word. I think you're absolutely right that we have been the ones subsumed by their ability to push an authoritarian, a socialist, a communist agenda. And they're aided and abetted by the useful idiots and fellow travelers here in the United States. And it's time for uh, us to organize and push back and show them our clout and get them scared of us. They need to fear us, not G. 100%. Look, and if, you know, if we're, we're doing Tesla phones and they're made in America, hey, I'd get one over an iPhone. I'll tell you right now, I would do that. I'd be willing. Stay tuned, folks, because next up, we have to talk about something very important, and that's diversity and increasing the diversity of our lawyers by doing away with the LSATs. We'll be right back. What's up, y'all? Dr. Purity here, and I'm going to talk to you a bit about how to decolonize a classroom and how I decolonize my teaching. So first things first, we do not grade over here, okay? Anyone who takes my class automatically gets an A. They're told in the first week that they're going to get an A. The only thing that's required is attendance. And I have weeks of um, excused absences built in so that if people are sick or they have family obligations, it won't affect their grade. So since I'm not grading them, I'm just giving them A's. Like, how do I know that they're doing anything? And how do I know that... Um, they're learning anything. Uh, and so I also don't give homework. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, and I run a discussion style classroom. So um, my students and I have equal part when it comes to bringing information to the table. Um, we all sit together and share what we're talking about. Uh, and they get to use their critical thinking skills to apply the things they've learned in all their other classes. We just have to increase our diversity. It's 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 the most important thing. We have to all follow our blessed civic religion of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yes, this is the greatest good for our society. Even though, as Clarence Thomas says, we haven't can't actually define what that good is um, in in any you know meaningful sense. Uh, certainly, when it comes to affirmative action, which you know hopefully gets gets struck down by the Supreme Court in this upcoming session, but. Uh, Jim, and I've, I've got to get your take on this because the American Bar Association, we've got a story that I, I don't even know where to start with this. They're doing away with the LSATs, which as everybody knows is the entrance test to, to go into law school. They're doing away with the LSATs in the name of diversity. They say, if we get rid of the standardized test to get into law school, then it will increase diversity. I'm like, I don't think that headline says what you think you want it to say, by the way. <laughs> 
What's going no, on? It, it, it absolutely says that we believe that blacks can't achieve at the same level as other races. It's it's inherently racist to say that. And, and the idea is if they find something that has a disparate outcome, like a standardized test or anything that measures actual achievement, they want to eliminate that if the results are what they want, because equity means equal outcome. So you game to get what you want. You decide we have to have perfect equal representation based on percentages. Whether or not anybody earned those rights, earned the achievements it takes to get into those, we're going to put them in there. And essentially, there's no way this does anything but degrade the quality of lawyers coming out the end, other end. Not because blacks are not capable of it, but because they're not currently achieving at levels because of crappy schools farther down the Jim, food chain. The, now, the, now, the military would never do anything like this to like, you know, like lower standards. You know, the, the, the Green Berets, you know, your former <laughs> outfit, uh, the Navy SEALs that, you know, nothing like this has ever happened uh, anywhere in the military, of course, right? I accept that it consistently has, as you well know. I mean, I wish, I wish. We always wanted the military to be the last bastion of meritocracy, no matter what. And that's gone. It's done. They're they're checking everything now against what are quotas. You know, they they have quotas now, and if the numbers don't match, they game the system to make them what they want. And, and that's absurd. It it does everybody a disservice. Do you want a doctor who's qualified, the most qualified, or do you want a doctor who's there because of an, a melanin enhancement? That's a bad idea. No, and it's exactly right. And by the way, the one that the one that I worries me when they start talking about the airplane pilots. And they say, right. oh, we need to increase the diversity by lowering the standards. It's like, uh, no, Wait, whatever airline <laughs> that is, you know, we're going to my booking agent and saying, get them out of the rotation. I ain't putting my family up in, you know, with airplane pilots. Let me just say, when you get on, when you see those pilots, you know who the captain co-captain are, even if they didn't have the uniforms on. These guys are squared away. They've got the haircuts, they're trim, you know, you know, but, but, but that type of mentality is something that you get into in your new book. And I wanted to kind of uh, parlay that into into the what you've done, your new book, Get Based, because uh, this is basically what you talk about, getting back to basics. And also it's it's sort of a lifestyle, but also, you know, more beyond just politics, right? It's more of a lifestyle and ideological book. So so walk us through that for a couple of minutes here. Well, I think based, as you well know, came out of the edgelords on the internet who who basically were fighting against the thought police and said, what do you mean I can't edgelords say on the that? internet. I don't know any, I don't know anybody who would do anything like being an edgelord. <laughs> <in the internet. laughs> but it, it was, it was a response to people saying, you can't say that. And they're saying, you're not the boss of me. And I think the idea of based is, is just a follow on from the idea of don't tread on me from our founding. You know, yes. we're founded on individual liberty. I can do anything I want to, as long as I'm not hurting others. And if you try to tell me I can't, I'm going to fight you. And so based is kind of a way to take that mentality and apply it to your to your whole world. You know, increase your mind uh, so that you have better ideas to fight with and strengthen your body so that you're more capable of, of living well and live a lifestyle that's a positive thing so that our side is more attractive than the woke mob. So it's, it's not a, an alternative to wokeness by, you know, its design, but it's a way to live well and crush wokeness and, you know, Chad, our, our internet guy saying, you know, he's the one who everyone should aspire to be and, you know, your terms are acceptable. That's the kind of mentality you want. We are stronger than them. They can't push us around anymore. We are stronger for them and they can't bend them and we can't push us around. And, that, and that's a big thing, by the way, because 
We've been, we've been, and I say this again and again, right? America is still by and large a Christian nation. Um, and we're told again and again, though, that the new civil religion is tolerance. Well, guess what? Christ did not <sighs> preach tolerance. Tolerance is not a Christian virtue. It's just not right. And that doesn't mean be intolerant by the way, but it also means you have to have standards. And your standard can't just be, oh, you can do what you want. Oh, in terms of if you're, again, to your point, crossing over to something that does harm, that does harm to children, that does harm to communities, that does harm to our society, right? No, this is where, and this is, by the way, this is, yeah, I guess what? I, I do break with the libertarians on this because the problem is <laughs> it ain't, we don't live in a world where everybody's also like some 130 IQ libertarian that you do actually have to live in a society. You do actually have to have a community and you do have to have, to your point earlier, you have to have an order to your society. There, you don't want anarchy. What we want, right. and, and you have the freedom to live your life the way you want until that becomes a large enough problem that it's killing our society and our culture. And that's where we are. So the people who do believe in things like faith, freedom, and family can now stand up and say, yeah, I'm going to get based and I'm going to stand up against your secular religion, which is fundamentally transforming this country into a socialist crap hole and say, I don't accept that. I'm going to raise my kids well. I'm going to teach them responsibility and accountability. And they're going to be good citizens for the future, not people who just ride this into the, you know, the fires of hell, which is where All we're right, going. We're, we're, we're just about out of time. So let everybody know what your coordinates are. Where can they go to follow you? Where can they get the book so they can make sure it's under their tree to read on uh, for this Christmas right after you get your MyPillows at MyPillow.com or Mokoboso? <laughs> you can lay your head on it after you read Get Based. It's it's available at Amazon um, and you can buy it there in, in all the formats. Uh, you can find me at Jim Hansen DC on Twitter, where I am now enjoying the freedom of a Musk based Twitter. A Musk based Twitter. I love it. I love it. <laughs> his, his, his account is must follow and must read. Jim Hansen, thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore. short. 